Pornography is everywhere around us. The trick is to keep it around us and not in us. And the bigger trick? To keep it out of the eyes, hearts, and minds of our kids. If you don't think your kids have already been exposed to porn, well, there's a very strong chance that they will be or will have the opportunity to be long before they reach junior high school age. Think not? Well, it's almost a guarantee if they've been allowed unencumbered access to a smartphone or if they attend an average public school, private school, or even a Christian school. So is there any way that you as a parent can assure that your kids won't be tainted by our all-too-toxic world? Well, stick around as we seek to porn-proof our kids next on License to Parent. Well, you have jumped in head first today, especially if this is your first visit into the world of intentional parenting. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, uh, one of the many reasons that many teens are in crisis these days is because Parents have turned a blind eye to the downside of technology. I mean, there are a lot of upsides to portable computers and tablets and smartphones. Uh, The main thing being that you've now got instant access to the world and everything in it. But there's also a downside that uh, we too often forget. You and I talk about it a lot, and that, of course, is that you have instant access to the world (laughs) and everything in it. And that includes instant private access to pornography. Uh, I have heard you say that virtually every student that comes to Shepherd's Hill has been tainted by this insidious phenomenon. But, But even without current technology, is it not true that all generations have been affected by pornography of some sort? Well, pornography is definitely not new. It's been around ever since man could draw pictures or form clay or carve wood or stone. Uh, what is new are all the different ways that man can create it and all the different vehicles that can proliferate it. Uh, then add to that all the different audiences that can now see it and all the private places they can watch it. Right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, many of those audiences are now our kids, and I'm talking our young kids. We're, we're getting calls rich here at Shepherd's Hill for six-year-olds with porn addictions. Yeah, I've heard you say that. And, and, and the, uh, those, those private places are, are too often right under our noses. And uh, if we're... Naive enough to allow it, our kids' own bedrooms uh, can not only uh, be portals for pornography, but they can be dens for all kinds of pimps, perverts, predators, and prostitutes to prey on our kids anytime, day or night, and all while we're feeling relieved that Junior isn't out running the streets. If we're going to give our kids access to the Internet and the privacy of their own bedrooms, then we've virtually invited every seedy activity off those same streets into the comfort of our own homes and with virtually no accountability. And for those of us who aren't naive enough to allow Junior to have internet access in his or her bedroom, just know that if your home isn't properly filtered or equipped with other accountability measures, he or she could be viewing or engaging something or someone uh, while you're in the very same room, and and you may never know it. Well, this is a program by parents for parents. Uh, Even though Shepherd's Hill is a residential treatment facility for teens in crisis, We would like nothing better than to teach every parent in the world how to approach their jobs as parents from a biblical worldview so that they can head off some of these problems at the pass and, as we like to say, put us out of business, avoid the need for a residential program. 
Having said that, parents, since today's program discusses a topic that's not intended for all ages, we do want to strongly urge you to listen at a time when younger ears aren't listening with you. This program will be available on our website at licensedtoparent.org. But in the meantime, listener discretion is advised. Now then, joining us today on Licensed to Parent, uh, our special guest who's going to hopefully bring some sense and some answers to this topic is Kristen Jensen. She's author of the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures series of read-aloud books, including the best-selling Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. She's the founder of ProtectYoungMinds.org, which is a website dedicated to helping parents empower their kids to reject pornography. And that's so important because the best filter is the one of discernment located within their own heads and hearts. Uh, recently, Kristen was invited to testify before the Washington State Senate Law and Justice Committee on the public health crisis of pornography. She's a frequent speaker and a guest on podcasts, webinars, and radio broadcasts, and we're grateful that uh, today Licensed to Parent is one of those radio broadcasts. She's a leader in the Prevention Task Force of the National Coalition to End Sexual Exploitation. And Kristen, we are delighted to have you with us on Licensed to Parent. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here with you. Well, uh, Chris, I want to thank you for what you do, too. Uh, now, your book is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Tell us a little bit about it. What prompted you to write it? Uh, I went through it and really appreciate the way you approach this. Yes. Well, you know, when I was a young child, I never thought I was going to grow up and be an anti-porn activist or author. I never thought I would <laughs> yeah. get involved in this Your, your parents didn't sit you down and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that's what came out? <laughs> well, join the club. I never thought I'd be doing this either. Believe me. Uh, Never. <laughs> so how did it come about? Well, it's interesting because I was contacted by a woman uh, in my church, and she wanted to talk. And I was new in the area looking for friends, and sure, I'll, I'll talk with you and listen. And she started to tell me about a tragic story of her 17-year-old son who had been into pornography, and then he had taken it a step further, as we're finding many children do, and that is to imitate what they see adults do on the screen. And so he had started to sexually molest his younger brothers and sisters, and he was from a large family, and these parents were doing everything they knew to do to bring their children up with correct principles. Yeah. And... The, and, and to shelter them, really. They were homeschooling. But the world came into them, right? right. Through the Internet. Mm -hmm. And this 17-year-old boy had to be prosecuted. The children had to be, of course, in counseling for many months. And there was long-term damage yeah. in that family. And so I woke up the next morning after hearing this horrendous story and feeling so terrible for this woman and what she'd been through. And I just felt compelled to look for resources for children because I could tell that this boy had been exposed to pornography at a young age, as many children are, and he just didn't know what to do with it. And he got pulled in. Mm -hmm. And so I thought there must be a way to talk to children and to help parents 
talk to children at a young age when these kids are vulnerable to pornography exposure and the influence of pornography. And I looked and I looked. I couldn't find a book that you could read to a child. You know, there's books on stranger danger and there's books on, you know, body safety and all those kinds of books, but I couldn't find anything specific to pornography. And from there on, I just started studying and I felt compelled to pursue this book idea. And I linked arms with Gail Pointer, who's a licensed psychologist. And after three years, we were able to publish Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. And it's been an Amazon bestseller since the week we put it up. Well, that's wow. awesome. That's awesome. I can see why, too. It's an easy read, and uh, it, it doesn't get into any gory details. I, I appreciate that. Uh, there's going to be it's a lot very age-appropriate. Yeah. Uh, there are going to be a lot of people out there who say that your story of your 17-year-old boy is an exception to the rule that pornography really isn't so dangerous. Uh, with the exception of that story you just gave us, why is pornography so dangerous, particularly for kids? And, and first of all, let me back up just a second. This is going to sound like a stupid question, but what is pornography and how is it different than art? Because that's one of the arguments that you get too. <laughs> you know, I, I've explored that on my website in, my, in a blog post or two, actually. We get that question from time to time. So I would say that pornography is material that is specifically designed to arouse sexual feelings. So it's intent. Yeah, I believe a lot of it is intent, but we have to realize that what is pornography to a child may not be pornography to an adult. So something that arouses a child's uh, curiosity, something that is sexualized, as adults, we get a little, um, you know, we get so kind of used to all the sexualized imagery that we see that we may not be triggered or aroused by some of these sexualized imagery, but our children may be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to realize that what is pornography to a seven-year-old, in other words, what is sexually arousing, and, and young children can be sexually aroused and curious. We think it's only teenagers because of their hormones, but young children can be sexually aroused and sexualized. Mm -hmm. And that's something parents need to realize. We try to help parents understand the addictive nature of pornography. You were talking about how pornography has been around since the beginning of time, but really it's such a different animal today because of the high-speed Internet, the ability to keep click, click, clicking and find new images. That feeds the dopamine in the brain which feeds the addiction. Yeah, in addition to the uh, the actual pornography, the click-click-clicking is addicting enough, I and mean, that's what yeah. casinos do. One one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking about uh, what what may, you know, peak certain responses in a in a child is going to be different than what uh, what has an effect on adults. I remember as as a young boy, and this kind of became a joke, you know, over over time. The fact that oh yeah. So and so, you know, hides the National Geographic magazines, you know, yeah. under his under his bed because they're, you know, they had some 
photo documentary thing on, you know, the tribes of so-and-so and, and the women were naked or partially naked in the pictures. And and you're right. You know, an adult would go, "Oh, that's uh, you know, that that is art, if you will. That's uh, that that's a story that tells of this tribe and these peoples." But to, you know, to the young, uninitiated, is like I just saw a naked woman. Right. And and much much different response for a young person than what you would see for an adult. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of guys that say I got started with the underwear advertisements, the lingerie advertisements, mm -hmm. in you know the Sears catalog. Right. Right for right. the for those of you who don't know the Sears catalog, that was something from back in ancient times. <laughs> oh, sorry, Daisy, Teddy, whatever. Any kind of clothing catalogs that sure. come out, sure, that have lingerie and underwear. Yeah, that can also be something. But we, you asked about art, mm -hmm. and so we have we we want to be able to define pornography to our children in an age appropriate way. So. In our book, the first thing we do is say it's pictures of people with little or no clothes on that focuses on the parts of the body we keep covered with a swimsuit. So that's a very initial definition. Of course, as they get older and as they learn about sex, we need to, we need to bring that in and say this is anything that is going to be sexually arousing to you. Mm -hmm. And so art is something... You know, when you see the Sistine Chapel, I don't believe that is painted with the object of the sexually arousing people. Right. And I believe that, you know, art is intended to create awe for the human body as a whole, but pornography is created um, with the hope that the viewer's attention will focus only on body parts, right? Mm -hmm. Only on, and, and it objectifies people where I don't believe art Art explores people and what it is to be human. And I believe pornography does the opposite. It's inhumane, yeah. right? It objectifies people. Right. Now, that may be difficult to explain to a six-year-old. Sure. But um, it's, it's something that you need to work at and, and, and layer as they get older. And, and, and talking about, you know, young children that, that see things... You know, as you were saying, six-year-olds, I've heard of five-year-olds, I've heard of three-year-olds seeing pornography and being exposed to it. And so that's why we received a lot of requests to write a book for younger children, and that just came out in March, which is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. And that is a very simple, simple book, very beautifully illustrated, helps children understand a simple definition and then what it is they should do if they see pornography, we give them the turn, run, and tell plan. And so that's very important that not only do children understand what pornography is and how it can be dangerous, but also have a plan of what to do when they see it, mm -hmm. how to respond, like a fire drill. Yeah. We need to take a quick break here. We're talking with Kristen Jensen. She's the author of Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. Again, our guest is Kristen Jensen. This is Licensed to Parent. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. 
Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media captive culture. Available in the store at licensedtoparent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, doing everything we can to help parents be more intentional and hopefully avoid the use of our services here in a residential program for troubled teens. We're talking today about porn-proofing today's young kids uh, with the author of the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures book series. Her name is Kristen Jensen, and we've always said with regard to talking to your children about sex anyway, it's important that it's not just a one-time talk. You you make it an ongoing conversation, and you start when they're young. But um, it seems that you may need to be talking to your kids about porn before you even have the birds and the bees talk. Exactly. You do, and that's why we wrote our book specifically so we don't mention sex at all hmm. in okay. these books. Mm-hmm. And you can read them to a child even before you've discussed, you know, sex. And we we purposely designed it that way. It was pretty difficult, actually. (laughs) I think you did a great job. job Congratulations on doing the near impossible. But you know, believe this or not, well, I'm sure you do believe it, but uh, believe this or not, some of the the most skeptical people, the people you get the biggest pushback are other parents. I got parents, you know, for instance, uh, they'll say, uh, well, you know, the kids are going to see uh, at the beach swimsuits, people in swimsuits, and they're going to see stuff that's going to arouse kids. And then I got—I've had parents say, well, "What do you say? You know, what do you say to the parent who's, who seems to have a cavalier attitude about uh, uh, their child viewing pornography by saying something like, you know, there's nothing I can do about it anyway. You know, I, I saw that stuff when I was young, and I turned out okay. Uh, they got to learn sooner or later. Or teen pregnancy is actually down because of pornography. Or, you know, at least they're not getting disease. I, how do you? deal with other parents that our kids are rubbing shoulders with their kids. 
How do you get them on board with some of this stuff? You know, I get that question a lot. And I believe it's really, you have to just keep trying to educate them. Mm-hmm. Pornography use can become an actual addiction with the same kinds of brain alterations that occur in people addicted to drugs. Right. And we have more and more studies that are showing and proving this. It, it becomes an actual chemical addiction in the brain. That's right. And in fact, science is demonstrating what millions of people already know. Porn addicts have similar brain alterations as those who are addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. In fact, the American Society of Addiction Medicine revised their definition of addiction in 2011 to include behavioral addictions like gambling and pornography. There are many scientists now that are doing MRI studies. And they show that pornography acts just like a chemical addiction. And in fact, your brain makes its own drug. That's right. Porn addiction is far more difficult to overcome than a drug addiction because more areas of the brain are affected by the chemicals produced by sexual arousal. So if I could just tell you about two recent studies, one is out of Germany and one is out of England, And they show the effects of pornography on the brain is similar, if not identical, to the effects of drugs and alcohol on the brain. Mm -hmm. So one showed that the reward center lit up just like, for example, in an addiction, you become sensitized to a trigger in your environment. So if you're an alcoholic, if you see alcohol, you are going to be, your brain is going to light up and push you towards that alcohol. Yeah. But a t- person that has no addiction to alcohol, maybe doesn't drink alcohol, can see alcohol on a big billboard. They don't, they're not triggered at all. They don't care about it. Their brain doesn't light up. It's the same with porn. You become very sensitized to sexualized images. And when you see it, you're triggered and your brain creates cravings and basically propels you to see more of that pornography. Mm -hmm. And this is a hallmark of of addiction. Mm -hmm. So you've become sensitized to it, and they've proven that in comparison with alcoholics and drug addicts. Uh, They do these MRI studies, and they can see when a porn addict sees a sexualized image or pornography there, the reward centers of their brain just lights up like a Christmas tree. And if you aren't addicted to porn or don't use it, um, you just don't have the same reaction. Yeah. So there are many studies that are proving scientifically that the brain can become addicted to pornography. It's a very difficult addiction to overcome. And we need to protect our children from addictions of all kinds. No, I, to- I totally but agree. Think of, Yeah, think about it. If you had a cocaine addiction... And you could get cocaine 24-7 free mm-hmm. from a digital device, you know, anytime, anywhere in the privacy of your own bedroom. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd have a problem with cocaine addiction? Eventually you would, you yeah. You definitely would. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's exactly what's happened to our kids. And what it's they doing. They can get this free. And, right. 
And what it's doing, it's, it's taking uh, the component of love, the sacrificial component of love out of the equation and turning uh, the sex act into a narcissistic uh, situation. And, and that is, narcissism, narcissism is in the DSM as a mental health uh, problem. Yes, was, uh, exactly. It, it teaches our children the wrong messages about sex and about love. Yeah. We want them to believe and to know that sex can be a beautiful way to bond right. with your spouse mm-hmm. and to, to create a family. Yeah. But in porn, it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's self selfish, self-centered. It's all about performance. It's all about my own pleasure, not yours. Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite and counterfeit of true love. And, and not and just... kids are learning it. That's right. And it's not just all about me and not yours. It's about me at the expense of yours. And, exactly. And, and that's... There is no love in that equation. So we're using godly terms with the devil's dictionary when we start talking about I'm going to make love or, you know, there's no love in that. That's simply a selfish, animalistic... Self-love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking to men about addiction and the nature uh, of, of pornography. I, I once heard a pastor say, if you stumble upon pornography and don't look at it, I'll question your sexuality. If you stumble upon it and look too long, I'll question your head. If you stumble upon it and you aggressively look for more of it, I'll question your heart. If you can't stop aggressively looking for it, I'll question both. When does curiosity become obsession and obsession become an addiction? How, do, how does a person know that you know, they, they need help with this? Well, I've heard of men and women tell me that initially it was just curiosity, but then they kept wanting to look for more. I knew one man that told me it was like the pull of a giant magnet, and we use that analogy in good pictures, bad pictures. Kids, you know, and it may be different from for everybody, but if kids are using it and then they're masturbating to it, then that makes it even more of a problem. And that is always what, what it leads to. Mm-hmm. So that just seals the connection in the brain. It makes it stronger. It leads to the practice and the use of pornography becoming an addiction. We're talking today on Licensed to Parent with Kristen Jensen, author of the best-selling book series, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And in particular today, we've been talking about Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, porn-proofing today's young kids. You'll find her books, her blog, more resources, and how to connect with her on social media at her website, which we mentioned earlier, protectyoungminds.org. Kristen, we are out of time. We're going to have to have you back because there's a lot more to cover here. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. And that wraps up today's edition of Licensed to Parent. You know, we deal with this issue of pornography on a nearly daily basis here, not only on the Licensed to Parent broadcast, but here at Shepherd's Hill Academy as well in our work with teens. I want to ask you what you would do to save a child you may know who may already have made some bad decisions like this and then as a result is now in turmoil. Well, help is available. That's the good news. And it's right here, right now at Shepherd's Hill Academy. And we need your help to get the word out. If you know other families in need, please ask them to visit our website, licensedtoparent.org. And then while there, click on the link to Shepherd's Hill Academy on the homepage. 
Everything they need to know to connect or talk with someone who cares and who can help their troubled teen is right there on the website. Again, licensedtoparent.org, and then click on the link to Shepherd's Hill Academy. In addition, many parents need your help. Residential care is very specialized care, and providing it is not cheap. So your financial help in any amount can help a family that couldn't otherwise afford residential care get the help they need right now. Please don't wait. Visit LicensedToParent.org and click on the Donate tab. And all donations are 100% tax deductible and any amount will help. Again, LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trey Simbry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time and once again to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.